You tune to Sirius FM 105.7. John Central African Time. At that uh, time of the morning, we join our very own Mufti Ibrahim Smith, Dafan Dibua Kap. And uh, yeah, quick fire QA. Mufti Saab, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. And how are you doing this fine, beautiful morning? Walikum Salaamu Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Yeah, Mufti Saab, your questions are flying in. Uh, this is a very powerful question here. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. It's, uh, is it sunnah for a man to apply kajal on his eyes? Hey, are you looking at my eyes? Uh, Mufti Saab? The fact, you know, that kajal is a reserve for females. It's all part of the adornment and a beautification, etc. The discarder. For males, it is permissible to apply surma. Uh, that is something completely different. You know, there's a difference between the two. One is permissible for females, and of course, the other one is uh, designated for usage uh, amongst the males. And then also, it should be applied, uh, the surma is, it should be applied at nighttime before a person uh, goes to sleep. You know, please the eyes. It uh, lengthens the eyebrows as well, and of course, uh, it is a surma. Now, if it is not from a personal purposes, then a male person cannot be scandal. You will have to offer the surma version, inshallah. Now, Mufti, come here. I'll put some surma for you. Yeah. You can feel it burning you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's mm. like, it's actually medicinal. You know, it, it uh, cleans the eyes. Mm. And, uh, you know, in, in my case, I found like, you know, I used to succumb to red eyes. And when I started my surma story, it's another story altogether. Mashallah, it's gone. And that's one of the things. It's so medicinal also. And it's also a form of dawah. People say, why you put that? I said, you know, the prophets of God, Ali Musalam, they used to, most of them put surma on, and this is what it does, and and so forth and so forth. But uh, moving on, Mufti Saab, this question says, uh, Mufti, we as a varsity students face uh, mandatory vaccines. What can we do Islamically, Mufti Saab? Uh, yes, uh, Shafat, you know, few of them actually called me also uh, asking advice because they feel that they want to take the jab as yet. Uh, so what are the Islamic options? So Islamically, or based uh, on uh, your religious uh, beliefs, you can opt uh, not to take the, the jab and claim uh, a religious exemption. Yet you will have to speak to your chancellor or those people in charge and you will have to file for this. You will have to present a legal document outlining all the reasons and stating why. Uh, in Islam, if you feel you would not want to take the jet at this moment in time. So there's a lot of these documents around on social media. Uh, you can just get it downloaded, print it, airbnb, etc., and then submit it. So this one is funny perspective. Legally, you will have to speak to your legal team uh, or to your medical practitioner and tell them that why uh, you don't feel that you want to take the jet at this point in time. No one should be forced. No one should be coerced also into taking the jet. It is your body, you should be pro-choice, and people should respect that as well. Please. Mufti Saab, is it wrong to suspect uh, someone of causing nazar on you? Hey, Shafat, you know that uh, suspicion is a dangerous thing in Islam. Suspicion can lead to battles and war and killings, etc., and a bad blood and animosity uh, between people. Now, uh, generally, Islam does not permit a person uh, to be suspicious. The Quran says, uh, well, I suggest that you don't know, be suspicious of one another. However, in the specific case of a person being affected with mother, the mother is true because our Ayn al-Hakul, Rasulullah, said that the eye is still a person who is looking at another person, 
and we can harm our grounds. But in that case, what we are instructed to do according uh, to uh, the traditions of Hadith, uh, one comes in Abu Dhabi as well, if you ask the person that you suspect to take and perform Hubu, and uh, you take the thought of the Hubu, and uh, you will use it also. And with the French Allah, you will be cured from uh, this uh, desert. Can I uh, read a salah with the gloves on both my hands, uh, Mufti Saab? It is permissible to fight for a person to live especially in extremely cold weather, uh, etc. Or if a person has some skin disorder as well, also, uh, you know, when a person can opt to read uh, salah with a glove, uh, there will be no harm upon him. There is no need for the person to repeat this salah. Also, one must just ascertain and make sure that before putting the glove on, that one is in a state of wudu, uh, a state of fahara, and then the person can, of course, read this salah with that thing. Salam alaikum, Mufti. Can one use uh, accrued interest to pay his uh, credit card fees? Uh, credit card fees are uh, required in any other personal benefit. If one uses accrued interest, which uh, means uh, that which the bank uh, to your account, uh, if you have a certain amount of money, or the bank has worked with your money, so uh, that to give what you can do is you can return it to uh, the giver, which is the bank, of course, or you can opt to give it to a poor Muslim person, Muslim family, etc., and thereby telling them that uh, this is interest money without actually asking and hoping for uh, reward and dua. So if you use it for personal usage, that is not permissible, really. You are benefiting from something which is haram and that is not permissible in Islam. So in the first place, we should not have interest bearing accounts, you know. That when you open an account, offer an Islamic account, an Islamic version, uh, or Islamic uh, window in a banking system, and then you will be saved from dealing in usually and interest in the Allah that it is in perfect as all I mean, uh, Mufti Saab can be used interest money to pay a real car license. Uh, even that is a uh, personal uh, benefit, uh, you know. So in that case, also you tell the people that they take this money and give it uh, to the poor people. Car license, it is part of the system, a percentage or portion of the etc. goes into a specific fund, and of course, it ensures that the car is uh, roadworthy, that a person can use it in travel, etc., and thereby ensuring that uh, he is uh, keeping and doing his part, uh, especially uh, those cars, you know, that uh, can be ceremonial, uh, of course, uh, it can be a of harm, of course, accidents, etc. So you have to pay uh, the car license. Yes, it is a form of compensation also, according to uh, some scholars. But nevertheless, don't use interest for your personal benefit. Mufti, a thought crossed my mind. Will our pets join us in Jannah? I think this uh, is crossed many of our minds as well, Shafat. You know, especially when you grow up, uh, if you come to uh, Isipil, you'll see the beautiful chickens and uh, birds, etc., uh, when I visited you once, you know, they also, I also thought once upon a time, what will happen to all these animals that a person gets attached to in life? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect all animals on the day of judgment, and then he will judge between them, and they will after that be turned into dust, meaning they won't uh, exist, they will cease to exist after that. But on one occasion, I don't even think to Rasulullah, he said, when he actually asked him, well, there be camels in Jannah because they used to love camels, you know. And Rasulullah replied and said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you 
and grant you whatever your wish and desire is in Jannah. So most probably if a person desires and yearns to be with this animal that he got attached to, in this life will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate it for him and will bring it into existence for you, inshallah. Hey, Mufti, that's a cute story. I want all my cats with me, Mufti Saab. Even my all my pet fish I had in the fish tank, I want them all with me. And the roosters. I'll be Allah make it easy. <laughs> a beautiful, beautiful indeed, Mufti Saab. This question says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti and team. I recently opened up a business, but it went very bad. Please, may I have some advice uh, to increase the business and barakah, Mufti? Yes, of course. Uh, when one ventures into business, you know, you always have to use and start with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you start your business, take out uh, something and give it in charity also. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves charity and He will increase you in your business. But sometimes because the business goes down, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests you, it is something that you want to long for. And because of that, Allah will test you. What is important is not to give up. Because barakah will come, good will come, etc. A person needs to uh, minimize or abstain from being sin and causing harm, etc. If all those factors are in place and he performs his ibadah, inshallah, on time, that will uh, increase uh, his barakah in, in his business. That will increase his sustenance as well. And uh, the other thing is, he said, that I do not do things, you do not keep your hand closed. But make an intention that, yeah, Allah, I'll give out one hour a day from the business of charity, and you will see how your business will grow from there, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Can our masjid rent out the minarets to cellular provider? Service providers. Hey, 5G on the minarets, Mufti Saab. It's quite common nowadays. It's quite common. I've seen a lot of Masadi in Elizabeth and I think it's in as well. So the minaret doesn't form part of the actual uh, masjid. It's the place where we perform Sajda in uh, Salah. Uh, there is a specifically demarcated area which constitutes the Salah. Same like we don't perform Salah in Janaza, in certain Masadis uh, inside the masjid. So yes, it is permissible for uh, the budget committee uh, to get together and to agree, you know, that uh, we will allow a uh, telecommunications company, uh, for example, to put up a tower in, uh, on our minaret, etc. And uh, that the money that is earned from uh, that, uh, it is good money that they pay for that, uh, that will be permissible for the committee to use also and utilize it as part of the budget funds. Uh, when or what time is uh, best to read Surah Kaf, uh, Mufti Saab? Surah Kaf for people depends on uh, uh, what uh, time a person has available. Uh, but uh, for us, uh, according to the Hadith, uh, it is uh, Shafat. Uh, Surah Kaf, it is best for a person uh, to read on the night of Jumah. So uh, that will, of course, be then uh, during Thursday uh, evening. A person after Maghrib Salah, after Shah Salah, a person can start. Uh, reading a surah kaf, you know, that is uh, one of the best. If a person cannot manage uh, to do that, uh, well, of course, he can read it uh, after Fajr on a Friday also, as long as he reads it uh, before the Maghrib on the day of Jumah, which means uh, Friday night, as long as he does it before that, according to uh, one hadith uh, narrated by Rasulullah, so as long as you ever read surah kaf on the night of Jumah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him such a nur such a light that it will stretch between him and between the Kaaba. So wherever you are in the world, when you read Surah Al-Kaf, the blue stretches from you right until the Kaaba, that is how the distance of this person will get in a blessing in Barakah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you. Hey, Yusuf, you heard that. Noor, Allah, Noor. Yeah. Read it now, Yusuf. Okay.
Yeah, read it now. Uh, Mufti, any special dua or wazifa for the 130 petrol price increase in February? Yeah, there's no leap year this February, Mufti Saab. Unbelievable, Shafat, unbelievable. They brought it down at a few cents and they increased it around, you know. So what we should remember is that Allah subhanahu wa is in control of all prices, uh, according to one narration. Allah is in charge of the prices of everything. And that uh, is determined by the actions of uh, the, the community, by the actions of the ummah. So if we do a lot of bad, uh, they expect us to pay more for things, more for commodities. If we start to think in Maitoba, uh, give charity and correct our ways and do good deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will decrease uh, those prices. Well. You can see that uh, if you see the last 20, 30 years, because of the amount of vice and evil, even in the advent of uh, democracy, so many things that is impermissible in Islam that became permissible according to common law. And the prices have just been escalating, escalating, escalating. That is because of the evil and vice that is happening there. Uh, right now, there is no special wazifa. What you can do is voice your opinion and start speaking up against the government who is imposing all of these things upon us. And remember, people, only one-third of the price of petrol, that is the actual price of petrol. The other two-thirds is basically profits and taxes that they impose upon each citizen. Mufti says it very eloquently, abstain from sin. And I remind you of an anecdote. Uh, the abstinence from evil is better than doing good. Mufti Saab gave very sane advice. So Mufti Saab, a court uh, gave the death penalty for a Pakistani teen girl for blasphemy. Any comments? Yes, uh, I believe that uh, there is somewhere in uh, Pakistan, uh, one teenage girl you know, started spreading uh, blasphemy and pictures and things about Rasulullah on social media. So that is one of the dangers and harm of social media. Sometimes a person wants to be in the limelight and uh, start spreading all these things, uh, religious things. You know, in Pakistan, because it is a, a, an Islamic country, and they rule according to Sharia law, uh, that is why they impose the death penalty. What I think is that international law in uh, these human agencies, etc., human rights people, they will voice their opinion and most probably appear in a verdict overturned uh, for imprisonment or something like this, or they will exile her. So people, our youth, our youngsters, and our general people, we should be very, very careful when forwarding messages on social media because this could be the backlash and we end up making kufr and we end up uh, trying to degrade the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And for that in Islam, the penalty is most certainly a death. Mufti Saab, can the wife give the azan in her newborn baby's ear as the hospital does not allow any visitors uh, due to COVID-19? Yes, hospitals won't allow any visitors, but I'm sure most probably they will allow the father to come up and uh, perform the rituals and the rights with Islamic afforded the newborn baby. So generally it is the uh, duty of the mayor of the husband uh, to perform the azan and the karma in the ears of a newborn baby. In the unfortunate event uh, that uh, there is no uh, husband or he doesn't have access to his child, his access is not been granted, then uh, the wife can perform the azan and the karma in the ears of a newborn baby, provided that she is not in a state of nifas, which we call uh, you know, post-mental bleeding or postpartum bleeding. If the death is not the case, then she may do so. Uh, if she is still in hospital and uh, suffering from uh, the bleeding of the past, 
then she can inquire from a male Muslim doctor or male and nurse staff that is present there uh, to give out uh, the azan in the coma for the newborn baby. Yeah, I don't know. This question on the screen here, Yusuf. Did Hashim Amla send it? Oh, okay. He said her brother sent it. He says, is it uh, permissible to use alcohol-based uh, beard oil, Muftisar? Yes, we get alcohol-based uh, beard oil nowadays also. Remember, Rasulullah Sallam used to apply abundant oil on his hair and uh, on his beard as well, always keeping it neat and tidy. That is the Sunnah. The Sunnah is not to use alcohol-based uh, beard oil, etc. Uh, you can buy almond oil, you can use olive oil, coconut oil, any other uh, amla oil also, any other thing like but uh, try to avoid alcohol products as much as possible. It is not necessary for a person to use uh, alcohol-based beard oil and apply it on his beard when there are other alternatives allowed and permissible alternatives available as they do. Uh, people, no, 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 you can't use... That's one brother said, I want to use engine oil. You can't use all that oil, brother. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that is for the car. Okay, Mufti Saab, this question says... Uh, uh, what is this new trend of the bride being present in the masjid, Mufti Saab? Certainly, Mufti Saab, we're following other denominations of Jews and the Christians, and stand by hand, and this is the prophecy of Rasulullah, he says, as he has foretold us, that we will follow them in their dealings, in their ways, in their manners, etc. Uh, we've seen this new trend now that the bride wants to be present inside the masjid, with the entire entourage and the costume, etc., sitting there, and witnessing the entire Dikah procedure. That is not Sunnah, that is not the teachings of Islam, you know. Uh, that space is reserved for males, the groom also there with the Imam and the witnesses in the one, etc. That's why the, the, the wife or the bride is and why a representative that represents her in this uh, uh, particular ceremony. And now, if she goes there and violates the law of Sijab, and I come with all these uh, funny, funny things, uh, Shabbat, sitting up there, there. Of course, the males will look behind and uh, the males are days of theirs and all fall on her. So she is uh, committing sin in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on such a blessed happy occasion when her life is starting, she started off with sin. So what khair and barakah can be in such a marriage? You know, we should refrain from these new customs and trends, etc., especially uh, incorporating it into our wedding plans. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all you. Tell you, Mufti Saab, how about, uh, how do you like your eggs? If I had to offer you egg this morning, will you take the ostrich egg? We'll just take the ordinary chicken egg. Which one would you go for, Mufti Saab? Uh, because of my levels of uh, cholesterol, I would most definitely go for the normal chicken eggs, you know. Uh, well done, a uh, little bit soft on top. Uh, because it is uh, rich in protein, and uh, we need protein for fat, and uh, of course, uh, the yolk also. Rich in uh, good cholesterol, etc. So I'll go for the chicken one. Hey, sunny side up with Mufti. I'm coming, Mufti. I'm taking a plane now to Cape Town. Get it ready, and I'll have it. Uh, no, you, yeah, but you have to bring me the snook too. But I'm going to, you know, indulge to bulge. You must have a lovely uh, snook made by you and uh, a lovely masala chip. I, I will bring the masala too. And inshallah, we're going to enjoy together. Mufti Sahib, you're absolutely brilliant uh, this morning, as usual. Your parting words. Allah, Allah, make it easy for us. We're looking forward to having and hosting you in Cape Town again. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming back side and visiting you as well. May Allah bless and protect this Ummah and grant us all a spiritual blessing, Jumah. 
Yeah, he comes here and he look at my chicken and he look at my hen. He'll say, oh, this is a spotted hen. This is a, uh, uh, you know, prize hen and this is this hen. You know, Mufti just knows them like that. And you ask him a medical question just like that. Hey, we are blessed to have an alim of that caliber with us on Sirius FM. Allah keep him, Allah bless him. Broadcasting live from the East Rand, this is Sirius FM, 24 hours a day, sharing the peace and light of Islam, www.suriusfm.net.